Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and with me is Paul Eastwood. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you today, Paul? I'm doing great. <clears throat> we are in the midst of Christmas preparation, but we are still finishing up this series uh, on joy. Um, do you want to give us a little little refresher on what it was you were preaching on this last week? Yeah, so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of joy. And for the first two weeks, we looked at things that steal our joy. We talked about our circumstances, and we talked about our uh, the way we perceive ourselves and how that can rob our joy so often. For the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about what you can do. What are, what are some real ap- uh, applicable kind of things that you can put into your life that can that can be a part of pursuing joy? And and what we've talked about over and over again is that joy is something that is really, I think, achieved indirectly. Hmm. So there are things that we can focus on in our life, and as we focus on those things, what ends up happening is we find we find joy. We find this sense of like this this welling up of of joy and contentment. And so this week we really talked about we talked about the idea of service, and uh, I think that we all know that service brings a certain level of uh, contentment or happiness whenever you work mm-hmm. really hard at something for someone else. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. over these past uh, few summers, I've run baseball tournaments, and yeah. you know you have this huge group of volunteers that are working hard and sweating and you know raking fields and doing all the work and. When it's all done and the and the kids go home and everybody's had a good time, you know the volunteers always look around and smile because there's something that brings us joy when we're serving other people, and it's interesting to me that you know we we find these things and the you know and like social science social scientists will say hey you know like what we found is that you know volunteering and and serving actually increases this and increases that and also it's like okay this is great I love when our culture sort of like the circles between what the Bible says about the way we should be living our lives mm-hmm. sort of overlap the circles of our culture and so when people figure this stuff out sometimes um, as believers it's like that's awesome and yeah. it's it's right in line with what God wants us to do yeah um, yeah and it I I think it's so fascinating sometimes we we fear or we think that maybe like this life that God is calling me to is really hard and really difficult and really like outside of what's good. And you know, it's all suffering and certainly there is suffering and stuff, but yeah, like God's, God's definition of the good life is the definition of human flourishing. Yeah. And yeah, we get these social science things that tell us that, I mean, even, you know, in our day and age, one of the big things, and we won't go down this road, but sexual ethics, right? This kind of idea that like the Christian sexual ethic is too narrow and yeah. too, but then you read any of the science around pornography and what it's doing to society. And it's pretty clear that like staying away from pornography is a good idea, right? right like it's, right. it's damaging. It, it hurts our relationships with one another. Yeah. Um, and like that's been in the Bible for a lot longer than our social sciences have told us. Right. That. Exactly. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that over and over again, for sure. Yeah, and so that's what we were talking about is the idea of service. And so we looked at two examples, um, uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And th- these are two individuals that the Apostle Paul talks about in the middle of his letter to the Philippians. Mm. And he's talking about travel plans and who's going where, when. And it sounds a little odd because you're like, well, you know, isn't that sort of usually reserved? If you've been in the church for a while, you know how the Apostle Paul writes his letters. Usually that stuff is reserved for the end of the letter. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, just let me say this just cl- in yeah. closing. And yet in this case, he puts it right in the meat of the Mm. letter. And there's a reason for it. He wants to set these two guys up as examples and says, here's some, here's some things that are uh, some good principles to follow. Okay. We talked a little bit about um, this idea that often when we serve, we do it with the wrong motives. We kind of do it as a self, like pat on the back, like I'm doing my good deed for the day or yeah, Yeah. man, wouldn't it be awesome? You you talked about, um, 
recycling bins on yeah. Sunday. Um, do you recount that story. Again oh yeah, I mean, hey, listen, like that story. I, 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 I was feeling like someone was stepping in on my my acts of service. It's like, hey, that's <laughs> my thing. That's that's my good deed for the day. But I mean, this happens to me all the time because oftentimes this sort of part, this side of me sort of wells up where I serve for my own motives. I remember uh, one time I, I uh, came back to my office after lunch and there was a dirty mug and uh, that was kind of like sitting right in the middle of my desk on top of all my, my papers. And um, it wasn't my mug. But somebody had assumed because I was sitting earlier at lunch having soup and there was a couple of us that were having soup out of mugs and somebody saw that it was left and they thought, well, I'm going to put this on Paul's desk so that he knows that he needs to clean his own mug, right? So I was like, wow, this is weird. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take this mug and I'm going to clean it just on my own. I'm just going to quietly go and do it because this is an act of service. This Mm. is, you know, I am going to really do this well and I'm going to show a servant heart. It's not my mug, but I'm going to clean it. And so I went to the the sink and I start washing out this mug and I'm thinking to myself, this is great. It's all going good. And everything was going good until I had to say out loud, I'm washing someone else's mug. Like I yell it across the thing because some, there was something inside me that was like, I want to have credit for this. (laughs) And it's like, you know, so often we live our lives so transactionally, like we want, we want what we, you know, what we do to count for something else for us. And it becomes so self-serving and I got to tell you, I mean, I could tell you, those are just several stories. I could, this happens a lot for me. Uh, maybe that, that says too much. Maybe I'm <laughs> oversharing, but no, no, you know, it's something that I constantly fight against, you know? Yeah. I, I think it happens for, for all of us. Yeah. And it's, it's this, we get this idea that, that these things are transactional and that we, yeah, we can, we can make headways, we can do the right things. And not that, I mean, not that those things like good motivators shouldn't inspire us and we shouldn't right. um, want to. Like, I, I mean, I, I've seen this play out certainly in my own marriage or, or with my kids, right? Like, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll do this thing because I know then I'll get credit for it, right? And, right? Like, and it's, it's, not, it's not about that. So, okay, I, I'm assuming that we all struggle with this. <laughs> yeah. We all have, you know, slightly twisted motives. So and, what is it about? Yeah. And how do we do it right well, I mean, so I would go back to the the passage in Philippians, and the Apostle Paul says, I, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. He's talking to the church. And he says, I have no one else like him. And you're thinking, okay, what is he going to say next? And he says, no, I have no one else like him who shows genuine concern for your welfare. Hmm. And then he goes on to say something I think is really powerful. He says, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of... Jesus Christ. Hmm. He doesn't say, you know, like people look out for their own interests, not the interest of others. He, he kind of makes this distinction, which I think is important because for us, for Timothy, he was a perfect example of someone who wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking transactionally about his service. He wasn't yeah. thinking, what is this going to get me? But what he was thinking is not just for others. He wasn't coming saying, oh, I'm just doing this for other people. I love them. I want to show them that I love them. He's doing it for a bigger purpose, for a God purpose. He's doing it for Jesus. So his, in his mind, he was not only looking out, he, not looking out at his own interest. He was looking for the interest of Christ. So this is, I think, where the, where the line is drawn. Because, you know, the question is, what's the difference between a good deed that I do and a good deed that someone else does that, you know, does, isn't a follower of Jesus. I mean, aren't they all the same thing? Mm-hmm. I would say in a sense they are, but in a sense they're not. Because as followers of Jesus, being led by the Spirit, 
we believe that there are opportunities for us to join in God with God with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so rather than me just saying, hey, I want to be a nice person, I want to do something nice for somebody or I, you know, whatever, it's saying, you know, you have an opportunity to actually join with God doing something to serve somebody. And it's about doing that right thing at the right time. And 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 who knows what God is going to do with that with that act of service. He may need that act of service to to demonstrate his love to this person so that they can come to know him. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, there's so many it to me it's a it's a difference of of serving for myself and serving for Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, I when we ha- we had a young adults thing on Sunday night, a friend of mine came and, and we were talking about all kinds of stuff. But at one point he talked about how Jesus, like one of the things that made Jesus so hard for people to to wrestle with is he, he wasn't predictable. He didn't fit inside their boxes. He didn't do the same the same predictable things in all circumstances. And I think, again, this is human mm-hmm. nature is to find rules and even to find the rule like, okay, we should always, always act this way and serve these people in this way. But part of this relationship with God, part of being called into the kingdom, part of walking with the spirit is this fact that we get promptings, Yeah. right? And sometimes those promptings say, this is what you need to do. And sometimes yep. they say, you actually need to do this over here. Um, yep. And that's, I think that's, yeah, a really unique part of this and and really hard because you can't, you can't sum that up in a in a nice little single verse and put it on your wall or, no. a, or a simple action you can put on your to-do list. Today, I'm going to do this the yeah. exact same way every day. It's today I need to be listening to the Spirit and allowing those promptings to determine where I serve people and where I engage. Yeah, and that's the difference between sort of checking off a list, uh, something off a list saying, oh, that's my good deed for the day. Mm. And I heard this amazing story today about um, someone who just, it the the a simple good deed of opening the door for someone led to, you know, more conversation, which led to, you know, actually inviting that person to sit down at their table, which led to, you know, asking that person what they could pray for. I mean, Mm. you know, sometimes we get to these moments where it's like, okay, I'm done. I've done my thing. And then it's like, God's like, no, I want you to go further. Yeah. I want you to go further. I want you to go. No, you're not done yet. You know, and you're thinking, okay, I've done it. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've brought the garbage in for my neighbor or I shoveled the driveway for them. It's like, nope, you're not done yet. Mm. And there are those moments where, where, you know, and, and, you know, the passage that, that really comes to mind is is one that was shared earlier today, too, with as our staff were getting together, that just reminds us that anyone who, who gives up our life uh, for Christ will find it. You know, mm. for those of us who are trying to keep our own life, our own way of doing things, we're going to lose it. Yeah. And there's something really, uh, really exciting there when it comes to the way we serve people. Yeah. And I, I think so. the next question I want to ask, I actually think the answer is in what we're talking about right now, but... Um, you know, we, we say there's there's great joy in selflessly serving people. Um, but I, everyone I talk to these days says, oh, you know, how are you doing? I'm busy. I'm really busy. I've got so much going on. Where, where, does rest fall into this at all? Like, do we find joy in, in just not doing things as well? Um, and how do, like... How do we know? How do we know when we should be engaging and, and going that next step and next step and next step? And how do mm-hmm. we know when we should be like, I just need to step back and spend some time with God and kind of get space? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good question. I, I, I certainly think that it, it can be twisted in so many different ways because yeah. sometimes our, oh, I need to rest and, you know, whatever can just be an excuse because you're lazy and you don't want to do what you Absolutely. need to do. Yeah. Um, 
But I think that developing regular rhythms in our life where we are constantly putting ourselves before God, so whether it's, you know, the way we wake up in the morning and uh, time spent with God or time spent in the middle of the day with God, um, you know, setting an alarm on your phone at work or having some mm-hmm. kind of a moment where you just pause and reflect. I think those those regular rhythms, if you're, you know, if you're going to put something into your life that you want to literally kind of check off in one way, mm. um, pausing and slowing, I think is something that's really, really valuable to make sure that our service is not self-serving, that our service is focused on what Christ wants, what God is expecting of us in those moments. Yeah. And again, I, to me, this also comes back to this whole, like walking in step with the spirit and listening right. thing. Um, if, if all we're doing is go, 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 we're actually not taking time to listen, which means that even our go, go, go is probably not, yeah. not as in line as it should be. Yeah. Um, but if we are listening, if we are taking yeah. those, those times and, and you're right, I mean, in some ways we have to have to make pausing a habit yeah. um, so that we can listen and serve. Yeah. And so listening is one of those things we throw around a lot. Maybe I'll ask you, yeah. Dave, like, because I think this is a difficult, uh, a difficult thing for a lot of us to wrap our heads around what does mm-hmm. listening actually look like or or what is it like how is it played out like what like have you had those experiences where you've where you felt a prompting in a certain way and and how do you feel those promptings is it a voice from god is it a, yeah. a moment i mean when do you, when you listen and hear something how do you hear it uh m- most of the time i don't hear it all that well um but I would say most of the listening that happens in my life, again, is kind of in these intentional carved out moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in in the moment of while I'm doing things, it's just kind of in like this feeling in my heart and this guiding. It's certainly not an audible voice. I've mm-hmm. never had that experience. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a dream or, or a vision from God in that way. Um, but like one of the practices we, we do with our kids, right? We talk about these God stories and... Um, where is God working around you? Where is God working through you? Where did you need more of God's help today? Mm-hmm. Um, those are moments that if, if you're doing this with your kids or you're doing it with yourself, um, you ask the question and, and after a while the answer becomes, I don't know. Yeah. Or it becomes the same answer we heard four yeah. times in a row this week. And then that, those are moments where even as I answer those questions, I say, okay, let's just take a minute and stop and yeah. think and carefully go through it. Um, listening also happens for me with scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, there's a bit of a difference between studying scripture, which I love to do, kind of digging in and reading and, and getting context and um, using other experts to, to help unpack it. And then there's the moments where I meditate on scripture, yeah. where I take um, kind of a verse at most, sometimes just a yeah. phrase or a word and just kind of sit there. And sometimes for me, I actually need to spend five minutes in kind of silent prayer um, and there's a, I'm going to forget what the practice is called, but there's this practice where as distractions come, as things come to your mind, you give them to God. Yeah. And you kind of like, we, I don't know about you, but I can't sit for five minutes and just empty my mind. Very few people can. Um, But even the act of sitting and trying to get to that point and saying, okay, I'm thinking about this. God, I give that to you. Yeah. Now I'm distracted by this. God, I give that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. Sometimes in those moments I can actually like God kind of guides me places and leads me places. Yeah. And, and again, anything that I say uh, in my, my my mind where I'm like, I've heard God, um, I need to bring those things, first of all, back to scripture. Yeah. Is it in line with what his character and his story and his promises in scripture? And then I need to bring it back to community, especially if it's something significant. Um, 
because I know myself well enough, like, like with service, like my motives, right? Sometimes I'm like, man, God wants me to do this, right? Like if you've ever worked with youth or young adults and, and who are dating, kind of they'll, they'll often say, oh, you know, God, God just wants me to like spend time on him. And then like, yeah. okay, maybe that's true. But like, let's not use God as an excuse for every decision in our life. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's call things what they are. Yeah. And I, and I would say it's the connection too. like, for me, the connection point between the, the, the reading and the prayer and that time, and then whatever happens in my day. Mm. And so for me, I have these like record scratch moments where yeah. it's just kind of like, what, what, wait, what I, that that's, that's reminds me of something I was just reading today yeah. or, or if I'm um, singing a particular song and, uh, you know, a phrase or something jumps off the page at me, mm-hmm. those kinds of things are the way that I would say that God nudges me. You know, sometimes they use that language yeah. of those nudges. And so for me, like the record scratch moment, the nudge, the whatever you want to call it, that only happens when we are spending time with him mm-hmm. and then living out our life. And, and so maybe somebody asks the question. And you're like, uh oh, it's go time. Like this is exactly what I've been praying about. Yeah, and yeah. I've got to respond in this moment. Or, um, you know, I see something that's happening around me, and there's a there's a feeling of wait, I've I got to do something here because this is in line with what I've been reading and what I've been yeah. hearing. So that's a way that I think that we can be listening, and then listening a second time to the world around us with our eyes wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that metaphorically. So oh, we're yeah. listening to people um, and the and their life, and then we're like, oh. That's that's what God's trying to get me to do. Yeah, and and you and I um, on Sunday mornings actually experience this in other people's lives often, right? People yeah. will come up to us and say, you know, just something about what you said or that song or this lyric. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm most of the time I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have made that connection, and I haven't even yet. Right. But like, it's clear to me that God's spirit is doing something in your life, is speaking to you, is nudging you in a direction, and we need to be spending time in yeah. silence, in the Word, in in community. Yeah. To be able to get those nudges, right? Because just even just listening to one sermon a week, it's not it's not enough. You need to be be in the word. And then during those days, throughout your day, mm-hmm. God will kind of bring back words or phrases and say, like, this is this is why I had you read this this morning, you know, yeah. and, and this is a prompting to go and do this. I love yeah. that. I love that. Um yeah, that's... yeah, I think it was B.B. Warfield that said, you'll never fail to meet God in the pews if you bring him there yourself. And mm. he was talking about the church context and how so many people say, oh, I didn't feel fed this morning or yep. whatever. You always feel fed when you bring Christ into that situation. And I think the same goes for our life. You know, you'll never fail to see those God nudges in your life when you bring him into your life and bring him into those situations. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. So, I mean, let's, getting back to service, um, we kind of talk about this in, in nice generalities. Um, are there some practical things? Are there, there are some, some tips? I know, uh, we're going to be offering some with Advent conspiracy stuff. We've been talking yeah. about this thing. We're really excited. I know it's still a bit fuzzy for some people. Don't worry. There's more details coming. Um, but do, do you have any ideas and tips and places to start? If you're not, if you don't know where to serve, what kinds of things do you think could be really culturally helpful, relevant, would make sense in our context? Right. So we're asking our church of three questions this year, right? Mm-hmm. Am I deliberately opening my life and home to people I don't yet know? Am I yep. taking every opportunity to lovingly share the good news of Jesus? Yep. And I think the question that we're talking about right now is, am I serving the people I see regularly in costly and personal ways? Mm -hmm. So let me break that down. The first part is, I mean, serving, we understand. 
Am I serving the people I see regularly? So the first thing I think we need to start paying attention to is who do I see regularly? Who are yeah. the people that are in my life on a regular basis? Maybe yeah. it's the group of people that, you know, at school where, you know, parents are all the same age kids. Uh, maybe it might be your neighborhood. Maybe it might be your hockey team. Might be Maybe, you know, it might be your, you know, whatever it is, your adult league, whatever you're doing. Start to think about those people that you see regularly. Hmm. That's the first step. And then once you've identified those people, now your prayers change because now your prayer is not just generally for yourself to be able to, you know, get a better sense of God. Yep. God, what do you want me to know about Steve? Hmm. What do I need to be doing for Jane or whatever? Right. And so we can start to have those conversations. So that's the first part. The second part is at serving those people that we see. So now that we have these new people in our line of vision, mm-hmm. then we need to start thinking, what is a uh, not just a personal way, something that we can actually engage in, but something that's costly. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a, a really important step is that um, when Jesus came to the earth, he gave up everything in terms of the way that he served the people, like all of us, yeah. the mankind. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Ortberg said that when Jesus came from heaven to take on servanthood, he wasn't disguising who God was. He was perfectly revealing who God is. Hmm. So when we look at the example of Christ, the fact that he was, it was entirely costly. Now we need to start thinking about the way that we serve other people. Is it, is it actually costing you something? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, you know, any of those kinds of things, I would say that that second step would be, okay, what are the, what are the things that I can do in this person's life that are actually costly? So Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, nod to your neighbor, who's going through a hard time and say, Hey, you know, I hope things get better for you. I'll be praying for you as you sort of back up into your own house. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, maybe you need to be pressing forward and saying, Hey, let's go out for coffee. I want to hear more about what's going on. Or, um, why don't we go and visit somebody together or why don't Mm -hmm. we, you know, those kinds of things that starts to really change the way that we interact with people. Yeah. And some of these unexpected, um, I mean, we're, we're so individualistic in our society in some ways that it just creates all kinds of opportunities for us to, to be counter to that. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. Advent conspiracies, this whole idea that we're, um, we're undermining some of these cultural currents that, that aren't kingdom. And, and instead we're bringing kingdom. Um, we're, we're, I mean, Advent conspiracies, worship fully, love all is the last one, spend less, you know, be less consumeristic, um, give more, this yeah. idea that it's costly and personal. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, you know, if we're, we're out of time, if you're curious about this, we've got more stuff coming. We're actually going to publish a list of ideas. Super excited to be doing that. Um, super excited to be wrapping up this series this week. Yeah. Uh, Anything else before we go, Paul? Well, this is going to be so fun. You know, I believe that service is foundational to how we honor Jesus because we can really paint a beautiful picture. And so thinking about giving more intentionally and relationally through this season, Mm. uh, stay tuned because this is going to be a ride and I'm excited about it and I'm excited to kind of push out a little bit and uh, get uncomfortable um, because I think that... It's a, it's a perfect way to worship um, Jesus who made himself uncomfortable hmm. to serve us and to save us. I love that. Thanks for listening along. We'll uh, talk to you next week here at Postscript.